Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- Four five one four two two zero. GreatNorthernElectric.com serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. Two zero six eight four two three six two zero. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance. We help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. Are you a service member thinking about buying or selling your home? Whether you're active duty, a veteran, or a family member, you need a real estate professional who understands the unique challenges of the military. A Navy veteran, certified military relocation professional, prior Blue Angel, and CEO of the Repoint Real Estate Group at Keller Williams Realty Puget Sound, Scott Lever specializes in helping military families relocate to and from the Kitsap Peninsula. Call him today at 206-486-4891 or visit online at repoint.com. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. found the bystander podcast today what's cracking podcastville my guests today are derek and eve derek how you doing today pretty good yeah it's a good monday you know not so, bad a little rainy but a little rainy i kind of like the variety i'm actually telling the weather get it out of your system now get it out of your system because bainbridge pride is coming on june 23rd and you better not rain on <laughs> as they say do not rain on my parade right eve? exactly that's right yeah <laughs> so um may is Gay Pride Month? It's actually June. So June. Uh, we're doing a little bit. Uh, so here's what's, what's going on in, why am, in May. I know. Why am I ahead of the curve finally? Well, we're all ahead of the curve. So on May 28th, the city is having like an official 
uh, LGBTQIA plus, not pretty good. I remembered all of them. <laughs> Pride Month uh, a declaration uh, that that June is actually uh, LGBT Month. So gotcha. that is just you know that's what's going to happen on May twenty eighth. Is kind of getting everyone ready uh, with their Pride flags and just honoring the community, which yeah. is really great. Awesome. I'm going to just start by saying I'm not um, familiar with this field. Completely. I'm not educated, and what? that's why I wanted to bring you guys in. <laughs> oh, that's why we're here. We exactly. will educate you, you know, but you have to understand that we are incredibly ignorant, too, because there's so much that changes so fast. Oh, yeah. That yes. you that you wish there was something that just sent you know, the memo to your phone so that you knew, okay, this is what we do now. Yes. You know, I had a friend who um, was performing at the Kitsap Pride Festival, and he had to establish his credibility that he belonged in the queer group uh, and he explained that he was transmasculine which was a term that I'd never heard before and this is three years ago two years ago and I said does that make me trans feminine you know and um, hmm. I hadn't heard it see and, we're already starting with the confusion yeah you just start with the confusion and you just say okay Simon is transmasculine I am a trans woman that's you know, because that's how I prefer to identify myself I guess it all starts as a, as a young child, a little confused, right? So it's not necessarily the norm that we understand who we are or, yeah. or where we're going. I mean, it's like you're, it's like someone's telling you your whole life that you only have primary colors to work with. And then all of a sudden you're introduced to this whole box of like, you know, variety of colors where you're like, you know, I have taupe. I have evergreen, forest green, you know, it's like, there's just a variety. And so I think we just have to approach this. I, I would say labels, but I hate using the word label. I, and I also use hate using the word hate. Yeah, we don't use that. <laughs> we don't use standard. But it's just, you know, I think it's very limiting. So I think we just have to come in with it with an open mind and just listen. Well, I'm going to come in with an open mind thinking that everybody, not everybody, but majority of people are as ignorant to how people identify and how many letters we can put on the acronym and what letter stands for what and how we address people and yeah. how we accept and integrate in, you know, kindness and everyday life. So let's just start with the acronyms. What is the A, the IA now? Uh, I think <laughs> I, I, I'll jump in on there. Yeah. I'll jump Thanks, on Steve. there. I is for intersex. Because there Hold are on. people. What is intersex? And you know, there are people who are born. You know, when 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 they're born, the doctors, in fact, cannot tell for sure what gender they are. They have ambiguous genitalia, and in order to find out what their chromosomal thing is, is a whole different thing, and whether they have. Um, the internal organs of a woman, or if they have undescended testicles, you know, that, that are literally just not visible. These, you know, this is a medical condition for the most part. I have heard some people use intersex in a more less medical way, you know, and that gets a little confusing. But but basically, I stands for intersex. A stands for asexual. They do, you know, they identify as. It is different from non-binary. They just do not have any interest in sex at all. This is a behavioral thing as opposed to a, a um, gender identity vision. So that they just say, I'm just out of this game. 
The sex game. The sex game. They have no sexual drive. They have no sexual drive or no sexual drive that involves another person. So, you know, I don't know any, you know, thing about it. You know, my personal experience doesn't go there. So that's what that is. And, you know, all the thing, all the letters, you know, Q can be for both queer and questioning. And we sit here and say, queer is just like a general identity now where it used to once be a swear word. It used to be a word of confrontation. And it still can be. I think it, it still depends can on the be. person. It still, depends on how it's used. Yeah. It's, oh, uh, you, the kids on the playground, Smear the Queer was a game back in the day. Yeah. Smear yeah. the Queer, wow. And it was very derogatory. You know, it's not yeah. something you would play today on the playground. So yeah. now you'll have somebody coming over to Bainbridge and saying, so do you have a queer community here? So what's the difference between gay, lesbian, and queer? Is queer um, all-inclusive of both lesbian and gay? Yes. So can we just drop those two letters? Some people are doing that. <laughs> some people are just some yeah. people are just saying this is the queer community. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. I mean, I'm you, not you an have, acronym guy. You have like uh, uh shows like Queer as Folk, you know, kind of yeah. just it's all encompassing. You have lesbians, you know, uh gay guys, transgender and all that. So, so who who's the the star of Queer of Folk? Um uh, yeah. Hal he Sparks, look, right? Yeah, he looks a little like you, Derek. Really? You know, you're much more attractive, good-looking guy. He, yeah, you know what? Actually, you should follow him on Instagram. Like, I, I, I follow him and a lot of the stars on on Instagram, and he's just like bulking up. Like his character is not a like a like physique. Now he's heterosexual, guy. though, right? Yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah, in real life, he's married. But it's like you follow him, you're like, okay, Hal Sparks. Like he's <laughs> so, like ripped. <laughs> and I, I do want to jump in here and yeah, say that please. you know when I you know I'm looking for Derek and you know at anywhere, I just say, is there a really good looking guy who just came through here? <laughs> and, and they say, yeah, he went that way. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, nah, you you got it going on, man. Um, I'm not afraid to say that. Thank you. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> um, when we do, you feel like in Hollywood because you're you're an actor, a film director, um, thespian, which is a great word, um, <laughs> and it's not a part of the acronym. Thespian is not part of the acronym. No, it's, you it's, just it's, wait. You just wait. Thespian. <laughs> that, that is actually implied. You know, that's, <laughs> that's gotcha. Because we're all putting on an act in life in some sort. Oh, good. You're much faster than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you get upset being in the industry? When a heterosexual male plays a gay role, being a gay man, geez, that's a tough question. Um, I don't. I, I, I actually I don't because it's like, but I do understand the argument. You know, it's like there there are so many LGBT actors actresses out there that they can actually pick, and instead of you know, and I get it. It's about funding. It's about you know, uh, studios actually trying to make their money back. If you star attach, draw, yeah, star draw and all that. I get it, but it's also, you know, understand that there are actors out there trying to make, trying to make it in this business, and it's a it's a cutthroat you know industry, and it it really depends. Like I mean, but I, as an actor, you're you're taught to like you know you're more than that sexuality. But sometimes if you're doing like a biopic, you know, uh, I mean you, you can name. You know, a few. The what was that one uh, with James Franco? You know, mm. uh, where he played the poet. Don't recall. It's not. It's escaping my mind right now. But what would you call Franco? Would you call him a bisexual actor? I, I would call him an ally. I don't know. I, okay. I really don't know. Like, yeah, I don't you know, think he defines himself. Yeah, I don't. I, I just. 
I honestly don't know. But it's it depends. I mean, I, I think the studios just have to understand that there are actors, LGBT actors out there and filmmakers that are trying to make a living and just kind of, you know, also open up the search in their circles. Right. Much like handy, able people. Yeah. Why, why put a, yeah. a person that can walk into a wheelchair when there's people in wheelchairs that would love to have the opportunity to act in that capacity as well? Yeah, but that's tough. You know, that's... that's, that's uh, do you think yeah. Hollywood's overcompensating? Like, it was the year of the woman recently, and then we have to have Latino actors, we have to have black actors, we have to have crazy rich Asians. You know, there's mm. there's always, a, in my yeah. mind, it seems like it's overcompensation. We look at print ads for a grocery store, and the father, the mother, and the two kids all seem to be different, completely different, <laughs> like not even in the same gene pool, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's nice that that diversity is out there and the acceptance is coming around. But in your mind, are we overcompensating in some way? And does that come off as, as fake? I don't think so. I mean, jump in here, Eve, at any time. But I, I, I think we need to see continue seeing that because it's also like we need to start seeing regular people in print ads and in movies. You know, it's you know, glossed up, you know, celebrities, you know. And I, I think where it gets dangerous is where um, it is just a movement. Okay, we've punched this card. We're okay. Yeah. And that you know, checklist. Like, you know, you know, a checklist of okay. Okay, one of our cast members is black. One is we've Asian, taken care of one that. One is woman. Yeah. yeah. And so you sit there and say, no, there's no reason not to have two black actors. There's no reason not to have another woman in there. There's no reason not to have a transgender person you know, as, as part of the crew, a part of the cast. Um, but we, you know, I think you're right that we go through these you know, enthusiasms and mm-hmm. where, where people That's get to, you know, you know, where people get to you know, mark off, okay, see, we've done that. And that's not what we're about. We're about saying, look, there are so many kinds of people. Just start feeling free to show them all. And you know, having more than one black person where they maybe don't get along it, it is you know, would, you know, in an office would be good. Um, if you have you know, gay people who don't get along with each other and don't automatically assume we're best buds because we're gay, mm-hmm. that would be good. You know, you know, the, the, these things are all very, we're just as complicated as anybody else. And the more that people can use those complications, the better the stories. And stories are what make things work. Yeah, I think well said. Yeah, yeah, very well said. I think also you look at um, the affirmation in in the job market too that you have to hire so many of this population, that population, whether it be handy able women, minorities, stuff like that. We got to get to the point where we're all human, and may the best person and best fit be that, and help everybody become that fit. For, for numerous things. Yeah. It's just like this pride movement. It's basically been going since 1970. And I think Dan Savage said something, and uh, don't quote me here and don't fact check me, but he was like, at some point we have to say that we're not so suppressed and that we're all equal now and, and take a celebration um, look at it and say, we're not suppressed anymore. We fit in. And we need to celebrate that and everybody needs to start thinking about it in the positive as opposed to we're repressed or we don't have these opportunities. How do you guys feel? I, th- I think that 
He's absolutely right in that the, the amount of victories that the Pride movement has had have yeah. been remarkable. And, and growing. And growing. And, you know, I, you know, as an out trans woman, you know, I've had virtually zero problems. Mm-hmm. People have been kind to me and open to me, you know, wherever I've gone. You're also on the left coast, best coast. Left coast, best True. coast. But the first yeah. time I spent a week um, as myself, as Eve, Mm-hmm. Was in Wenatchee, which by definition is oh, that's that's Eastern Washington. That, yeah, you're you're going to have problems there, yeah. you know. And my reception was wonderful. Good. So you know, and it's a true thing that you know, as people, when we go out, when I go out, I'm okay. And it's also true on the you know that that we have to be taking the positive view because i think that when you make yourself a victim you just offer everybody else a chance to be the victim you know it's the, a victim the, mentality it's right? a victim mentality and dan savage is right about that we have to get rid of the victim mentality and at the same time we have to recognize there is a trans woman in texas who is mall you know you know victim of um malaysia no. Booker, Malaysia, that, that's her name. I am not quite That was real recent, right? Yeah, this happened year. on Saturday. And, and she was found she was, face down in the street. and they, She had been beaten badly you know, last bat. week and then, you know, by a group of people, and then she was found murdered the other day. Yeah. And, you know, we've... She was beautiful, too. She is? She was? Yeah. And um, we have to be aware that these things happen as well and that they continue to happen, that all uh, the um, Atlanta... Police department, if there's a trans woman murdered, will go investigate by you know taking their driver's license. It doesn't show them as trans, you know, it shows them as their old you know male self with their old male name, and go around saying, "Do you know this person?" And you know, can you help help us solve this murder? And people look at this and say, "I don't know that person at all." Mm-hmm. And that's you know. Something that's changing in a lot of places, you know, around here that, you know, we're on the best coast, west coast kind of thing. And so, yeah, we have to not have a victim mentality. And at the same time, we have to be aware that there are dangers that, you know, people in our community face. Yeah, there's like a spike in violence, you know, towards trans people. And I think that's, um, that's scary. It's a lack of understanding, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we post Fear. this on like Bainbridge Pride and it's it's just sad how many posts we make of another trans woman found beaten to death or murdered. And, you know, it's 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 a sad trend and it's it's pretty scary. We have to protect our brothers and our sisters. And um, I don't feel that we are currently in a place where we are, you know, giving them full protection. And then it's a lot of it's it's I don't understand exactly why trans people in particular have become the issue. But you know, the idea that the president will you know, ban trans people from you know, the military. When I know a bunch of trans military veterans. I know people who've been terribly injured in the wars. You know, these are trans people. I know, you know the person who was um, – Um, brought to the Pentagon in order to help uh, make trans policy work. And everything was going good. We are Americans who want to serve and help in our country. We want to be connected with the community and to somehow be somehow pushed away and said, no, not you. Hmm, Yeah. 
Um, this is something that needs to be addressed. And we, uh, no, I, I do some mediations, and we, you know, the rule of mediators is what they're arguing about is not what they're really arguing about. So they're arguing about trans people in the military and stuff, but they're actually arguing about something else entirely, and I'm not quite certain what it is. Yeah. Let's back up a little. How did you become who you are now, Eve? Slowly. I had to deny that whatever I was dealing with in terms of gender was real, that it wasn't just something else, you know, um... And I had a really, uh, if I don't know if, I'm going to assume that half your viewer, your listeners have heard of Brene Brown and, and her work on guilt and shame. And uh, guilt and shame are really the operative words. And you, you know, build mounds of armor around you to protect you from yourself. And I could not come out to myself. I wanted to have a normal life, and I did to a large degree. Uh, I have two daughters in their later 20s now, 26 and 29. I'm not going to say that they're both in later. Um, I was married for, you know, legally married for nearly 30 years. I was really 28, you know, maybe 27. Um, and just really finally had to, you know, be myself. You know, years of therapy, years of slowly moving into this and being surprised all the time that whenever I let myself be myself, that I could do things that I couldn't do otherwise. Such as what? Talking like I am here. Mm. I would, you know, normally overthink everything. And I would be, you know, I would get completely lost in what I was saying. Um, the sense of... I'm going to fail. I'm no good. Everything is going to just fall apart and making it fall apart because I had no faith in myself because I was hiding from myself. A lot of self-doubt. A lot of self. It's a lot of self-hatred. Mm. It's a lot of living like if anybody really knew about me, they wouldn't like me. Uh, it was a lot of not being able to speak of this to anyone when I finally told a therapist about it you know um, she thought that you know this was back in the 80s and was telling me oh, I, you know that she could cure that in six months hmm. through a church by chance no no this she was a good liberal you know thing it's just that things have changed a lot and it finally came you know my marriage was falling apart anyway and that and you know, partly because I was immobilized by my depressions, I was immobilized by everything, you know. And I'm still dealing with the inertia, you know, issues I've had because that's always been my default. But once I came out to myself, and I really stress it that in my experience, the hardest person to come out to is yourself. And that is the biggest step that anyone can take. And I don't want to speak for anybody, all the trans people. I don't want to speak for the um, whole gay and lesbian community. But once you allow yourself to be yourself, the rewards are just incredible. You know, I have met people, trans people, 
um, who are in really not what other people would think of as being in great shape. I mean, you know, you know, young trans people who are couch surfing because they got kicked out of you know their houses and stuff like such like that, and who have absolutely nothing going for them, but they will give me a hug and say, "This is so good. It is so good to be yourself." And it's not just a matter of being your, you know, what in you know, being yourself is good, but you're only yourself when you're able to be with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one of the first things I learned was in order to know anybody, you have to let yourself be known. And if you're hiding yourself all the time, you're not going to know anybody. And it doesn't matter if you're trans on that or not. It is one of the biggest things for our culture is that we try very hard, very hard to protect ourselves. We all think we've got mm-hmm. some secret or whatever. We, we try to fit in, and that keeps other people doing the same. Was your daughter's and ex-wife supportive of you? Uh, my daughters found out about that I had any gender issue, and you know, despite my gorgeous you know, um, appearance now, right, Derek? Yes. You know, <laughs> like, um, back as back as a guy, put on the hot seat there, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, back, back as a guy, I was you know, you know the home dad. You know, more politically correct, I'll say I'm the I was the home parent. But that you know, I was the home dad. I was the one where when they um, were fixing up the playground at my daughter's school, they looked at me and said, you know. We got, you know, to put on a border of this, you know, playground and we, you know, we got some rebar, we got some, you know, sledgehammers, we got some timbers, you know, you look like you could do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the way it was. Um, my wife, you know, did not know about the fact that I was cross-dressing trans anything when we got married i told her you know after our second daughter was born she you know i was in my 40s then she was in fact outside of a therapist the first person i ever told so she was aware of it she didn't like it we didn't deal with it and my daughters found out about my gender issues the, the same day that we announced that we were getting our divorce. So, but my daughters have been spectacular through this. They have been uh, really supportive. One of them always says she when referring to me, and one of them always still, I think, I, haven't, I do not keep count or keep scores as he. I had um, heart surgery, you know, two years ago, and my older daughter was, you know, Helping out and being my uh, patient advocate, and my you know she would just my daughter would always refer to me as he. I would you know I'd already asked the nurse to refer to me as she, and the poor nurse was stuck trying to you know have a conversation with both of us, trying to use whichever pronoun for me that you know whoever she was looking at was using, and it was it was it was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, let's get into pro- pronouns because this is something that. Up until an uh, episode of Shameless, I had no idea that I should have a pronoun um, or I should recognize somebody else's pronoun. You know, it's basically they had this scene where this kid wanted to um, get with this other guy and he made a move and that that was blocked. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, well, 
you don't know me. And I think you need to go to kind of like an AA meeting for people with gender identity. I don't know if we'd say issues, but conversations about identity. And he went and entered at a roundtable, was introduced, and it was, my name is Tim, and my pronoun is they, or we, or, and then the list just got longer and longer and longer. And his final line was like, I just want to know if you got a dick or not. <laughs> and I was like, that kind of radiated with me a little bit. Like, I don't know why it's so important to have this pronoun, but I think we were talking about it a little bit earlier, Derek. Um, it's very important. It's very, especially through, I mean, I, I see it more in emails and it, it, it's very helpful because then when you get on the, you know, on the phone, you actually know how to address the person. And there are mistakes, you know, there's going to be mistakes made. But I think if you go in at it, even if you apologize, I've apologized myself. I messed up pronouns here and there. I'm not perfect. Even, you know, we'll do cocktail parties and whatnot, one drink, and I, I'll, I'll switch them up. Not intentional. It just slips. Mm-hmm. But I will apologize, and it happens. But it's the fact that you can actually have that conversation with someone and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I messed up. Or when you say, hey, you guys, like I've, I'm retraining my brain, and it's a slow process to not use that, even though we're kind of using like, hey, guys. And, but it's yeah. still, I still use it. Well, that's what I, when you guys walked in there, I was like, hey, guys. And then I was immediately mortified, like, did I use the wrong freaking pronoun right away? You are not the first. <laughs> I think we've, we've, we've bumped into people where it's, they, they use it, but it's just so part of it's so it's, it's in our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how we, you know, it's what we commonly use. So especially when you're older, like, like myself, you get into a certain rut that never got corrected, right? Mm-hmm. Like my son, who's 12 now. He is excellent at not having anything derogative when he describes somebody. Like, I was like, hey, that kid over there, that, and he's like, which one? I go, the Asian one. And he immediately was like, dad, don't you mean the kid in the blue shirt? Yeah. And I was just taken back. I was like, <laughs> you little kid, man, what are you correcting me for? And then I was like, that is just brilliant. That's beautiful. Your and, son's giving me hope. That is, yeah, you know, that's, really that's cool. what we want to see. And I think, you know, we don't give kids enough credit they mm-hmm. are basically showing us the way and it's it's, it's just, just like you learn hate right yeah you know there was so much hatred when i was growing up and um you, you don't like this group or that group and they're growing up in this this is all normal mm-hmm. these pronouns mm-hmm. these lifestyles people being different people being human that's the norm so yeah. let's accept it right away and it's just awesome mindset that the education that the kids are getting here on the island yeah like in spanish we have this word it's uh maricon so it's like it's mari it's maria and con i don't know what the con means but it's 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 derogatory and it's basically a bad word to call like uh, a flamboyant homosexual oh el es el es maricon it's like he is i've heard it in soccer games and it's right it's it's like it's 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 hard because it's like you know your whole family loves you and you you did the whole coming out process to them, but that's just so embedded with them, you know? And then they'll throw it and they'll be like, ooh, I'm, I'm so sorry, I just used that word. I'm like, you just have to tell yourself not to use it because it's you don't know who you're going to offend. And it, it's you want to do it for a, be, a better reason than who you're going to offend, but you just don't want to use that word because, you know, you're 
you're belittling, you know, flamboyant men. And it's not okay. It, you're basically telling them it's not okay to be an effeminate, you know, man and all that. And you're lesser than a man. And so I think there's there's a lot of learning there, you know. Mm-hmm. So effeminate versus flamboyant. I, I feel like sometimes gay men are overly flamboyant. And I'm turned off by that in having a, just a real conversation person to person sometimes mm-hmm. because I feel like, can't you just be yourself? But I'm sure that's wrong because that flamboyancy is them expressing themselves in a way that's happy and joyful. And I'm looking at it like, you're coming on too strong, bro. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and, you know, but a- keep in mind that this was a real problem for the gay liberation movement. Mm-hmm. That, it, you know, they, for Decades, you know, pre- before Stonewall and even after Stonewall. That's kind of why Stonewall was invented by the mafia. Um, was that do not show this this the stereotypical yeah. you know de- gay person. Do not do that. Most gay people, most gay guys, you just walk right past them. You know, you'll never know them. Don't make eye contact. You know, you, but you know, you'll, you'll never know them. I've got cousins that you know. Had to tell me they were gay, and they have no, you know, gay indicators. Yeah, I struggled with that. I think coming out, it's like we knew who the gay people were in our high school, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes they'd, they'd have their flamboyant moments. I think Will and Grace was on when I was actually in high school, and so forth. And so, damn, we, you're young. We would, we would think it's back on again, though, right? <laughs> we would, we would label them. You know, like they would be the flamboyant uh, gay person in that high school. And, and part of me was fighting that part of me was like, I don't want to be labeled like them, but they were carrying the weight of all of us. Even now I reached out to them and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I could have, I could have been out and proud, but I wasn't sure of myself. I didn't know myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what E beautifully brought in her story is that, you know, once you start accepting yourself, you are opening yourself up to this whole, whole world and and then in high school it was just very you know it's I come from a I came from a religious background Seventh Day Adventist, um, no male role model, you know so it was a lot of pressure to just not be you know overly gay which sometimes if you're you know if, if I'm with my close friends that'll come out or like you will hear like a lady Lady Gaga just dropped an album and I'll be like oh my god or like you know yeah it'll, 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 it's, the excitement me, yeah and it's it's but it's been one of those internal fights that I've always I've, I've always had and my mom you know when I came out to her she's like well at least you're not and, and she's her views have totally changed since <laughs> since then I don't want to throw my mom under the bus go ahead but this podcast is my therapy pe- session mine too but she, she, she was like um, she's like well at least you're not you know a flamboyant homosexual and I was like well in my mind I was like well you don't know that and I, right and I even questioned her I was like you know I have my moments <laughs> like, and, and and these go on you know all the time um, you know you mentioned Dan Savage before and I'm not going to throw him under the bus but uh, he was famous in you know, the start of his career in Seattle for cross-dressing, and you know there was a weekly cover um, when the weekly still existed, and you know that that had Dan Savage in drag, you know, or in mm-hmm. you know not drag because you know that he absolutely put the stranger on the map, you know, um, and and then he basically said, well, he never really meant that, you know, at later on, you know, because you know he wanted to fit a different type. Or he'd be, you know, he had moved to, you know, he what he had done before he considered theater as opposed to being himself. Mm. So, you know, th- these things change all the time, and we have, you know, I'm a trans person. I am caught off guard all the time by people who say they want to be they or them. 
And I say, I will do my best, but I'm going to make mistakes. I have, you know, driven off, driven two younger trans people up to the um, Esprit event up in Port Angeles, which is a cross-dressing event, for, you know, that's gone on for God, you know, decades. And one was trans feminine, one was trans masculine, and in the space of three minutes in that car drive, I mis you know, misgendered both of them. Mm. You know, so I'll make mistakes when I do a mediation. I'll say, you know, you obviously, you know, my name is Eve. I prefer she and her, but it, you know, don't worry if you mistake my, you know, if you say anything mistaking my gender. The only person in this room who has to get my gender right is my co-mediator, and I'll mark down whenever you know he's got that wrong. You know, mm-hmm. and and so what are some of the, the commonly used pronouns? There were a lot of different. I can't even remember what they were as, as alternatives to they and them being Z or you know, Zer or cis, sense, you know, cis, cisgender. What does that mean? Cis. You, you want to go on cis cisgender? Is, cis, cisgender is uh, the the gender that not only that you were born with, but the the gender that you associate with. I believe that that's if I'm correct with right? yes. So you two for two with your gender identification. Okay, we're, we're going to make cis- an assumption here, Tim, that you are cisgender male. Yeah, you're a cisgender male. You are born male and you identify as male. There you go. Okay. My Trans- pronouns, Mister. Yeah, uh, your pronoun <laughs> he, is Mister or Master or you know, his, whatever, you know, him? his yeah, him, him, her, his, you know, him, he. You know, you are, you know, you follow the standard norm, okay? Um, transgender means across. It, it literally means, you know, it's just like transportation, transit, transition. You know, you are going You've from one place You've gone from one to another, gender to another. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it does not, you know, it means that you, uh, you have gone beyond what, you know, your cisgender role would be. You know, it used to be you're you're on your way to you know being you know female if you were born male or male if you were born female, and you know, I honestly didn't understand what cisgender meant until some really knowledgeable trans person said, you know, it's just like um, Caesar's Gallic Wards. You know, um, there was the cisalpine and the transalpine. You know, that this side of the Alps or that side of the Alps, that's all it means. And so it's either on this side of the line or that side of the line. Yeah. That's all it means. Either this or that. Yeah. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, what did she mean? Am I using the right pronoun there? She, yeah. <laughs> what has yeah. is, is she meant to the movement? Is she a train wreck or is she so valuable? I totally, I, she is valuable in a, in a way. We may not agree with her, with her politics and her naivete, you know, towards President Trump, but she, I totally get, I, I get her. She's trying to, she was trying to be that voice in the Trump administration. And I guess you can kind of say the whole Amorosa thing. Well, I'm going to be his, his one black friend and who's in the inside and what happened to, to Caitlyn Jenner? We were all kind of trying to warn her, but she had to learn it for herself. But I think that's really important because she still becomes a voice for the movement. I hope I know she hasn't given up. She's still, you know, she's still fighting for stuff. So sometimes it takes someone to learn for themselves that they are part of a group. I don't know if she's still a is she still a Republican? Was she? Yes, I think she, she, is she still, still is. We need, you know, it's like, don't leave your party, stay there, be, be the change. 
that you mm-hmm. want to see in your own party. And I and I hope and you know I there's posts with Caitlyn Jenner updates and you know that the uh the gay news sites post and people always are bashing her and, and all that and I I've kind of left that alone. I'll just watch and kind of let people kind of, you know, the angry mob go go against her and they have every right to, but I think she can be a healthy proponent to like, you know, she's kind of evolving on her. I, I've got a different take on Caitlin. <laughs> so do I, but let's hear yours, Eve. Mine is that Caitlin, as in her life as Bruce, was already a crazy right-wing, very that religious yeah. celebrity republic, you know, it's just celebrity and famous beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be nice. <laughs> you know, she she was all those things before, and she changed her gender, and she remained a crazy, far-right-wing, very Christian mm-hmm. you know, celebrity. She lives a celebrity life. She you know, does not live the life that anybody else lives. So but does that make it less relatable? To me, They're it, out of touch. To, yeah. me, to me, it's wonderful. I find Caitlin wonderful because it shows that she can be just as wacky as anybody else and it doesn't have to do with her being transgender she can be you know that that you know she doesn't have any special calling as far as i'm concerned to switch the republican party one way or the other i want her to be herself i you know the first time she went on stage for whichever awards that she was you know whatever award show it was and you know you sit there and say my god she's really beautiful and you realize she knew exactly the people who would make her look that good. She had hair that did not suddenly, you know, grow. You know, she's you got know, a team and she's got money. I mean, that's just yeah. She's yeah. You know, she you know, but but she is herself. And to me, being yourself is the most part, you know important part of being trans. Bingo. And most important part of being human. And to show that you know, I actually like it that she is still who she was. To me, that's saying. The message to the world for me from her is, yeah, you know, this isn't really a Democrat issue. This isn't really a Republican issue. This isn't really a religious issue, you know, because she is as religious as she ever was. You know, you do not become trans and then suddenly have to, you know, drink our Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she, you know, the, the, her to me is a strong message of gender is just one part of you. Right. I try not to be too opinionated here, being the bystander, kind of the fly on the wall, as neutral as I can, but I have some strong feelings towards her. her, And uh, if I can speak freely. Go go for it. (laughs) The trans thing thing aside, Mm -hmm. I have no problem with. But I think the bitch has white privilege and should be in jail for manslaughter. Yes. No, I totally agree. On the, yeah. So she may not be the best driver. No. And I mean, if she <laughs> didn't have the, that notoriety, that fame, that money. It's money. It's money. It's 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 a it's class. Money. She it's would fame, be in prison. Yeah, she would. Yeah. That dead person, though we know, I don't even know the person's name, was just swept mm-hmm. right under the rug immediately because of her privilege. Yes. That you know, and, and I'm saying yes, even though I'm really not familiar with the incident happened right around the time where she was uh announcing just done, and just, yeah. yeah yeah so she was you know caitlin jenner that overshadowed 
It sort of did. I mean, I did horrible press. I think her team probably like try to sweep it under with you know things, late but, Friday. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, you know, so that's on a that's on a human level. That's on mind. a human level, yeah. and on a human level, yeah, you know, the, the the whole thing of privilege is another matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, LGBT is we're not immune to stupidity, you know. <laughs> like Kim K doesn't have a, a monopoly on like you know who's vain Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, it's the, it's okay. the, you're tight with her like I that. I know, huh? right? <laughs> you know and also, them, Instagram really. is Insta. I, I just learned. <laughs> I thought it was the IG. IG, I, I know. Catch me on the IG. That's so, so. a bystander. Oh, my word. I still haven't downloaded it, so I have no idea what it really is. <laughs> All right. So are we missing any pronouns here? Um, I think that the, the thing to say is that people my age and stuff will say, well, I'm just too used. I cannot call anybody they. You know, I just can't do it. What does they refer to? Like all-encompassing? I'm everything? It's, it's supposed to be all-encompassing everything, and it's a way of saying, well, I haven't decided which gender I really am, and so I'm that's more non-binary. Like, this is my, my spirit is they. It my spirit everything. is they and stuff like that. But you know, And a lot of people say, but I don't know how to use they that way. You know, a lot of people Do I say, look confused yet? <laughs> no. But you know, if I leave this coffee cup, this coffee mug on the table and you know, after we're done here and I leave and somebody comes in here, they're going to say, I wonder who left that, you know, whose mug that is. I hope they come back and get it. Ah. So we actually do know how to use they. We use it, you know, anytime that we get a couple people together, we will use they. If we don't know, we, we smarten up they. a bit. You know, so, you know, just to say, and, and it, they is really hard because, you know, something called implicit memory. And this is the key point on gender pronouns. Mm-hmm. Implicit memory is that we know what a guy is. You know, when, when we were young, we figured out what a boy is and what a girl is. You know, we, you, you know, we may not have understood the genitalia part of it, but we understood the other part, you know, the rest of it. And one of the first things a baby can identify is gender. Mm. They know who's mom. They know who's dad. Yeah. If they have a dad, and you know, you know, but you know, knowing gender is implicit, and so it gets really hard to say, "Well, I'll go along with what you say." But part of your, part of your, basically, your reptilian brain is saying, "No, I'm just going to." You know, there. When I grew up, I could tell certain. Actors, musicians, and such were effeminate, but there was a lot. You know, the term coming out of the closet. There was a lot of people in the closet, and there was a lot of suppression in mainstream media. And I remember some of my biggest like sex idols, the guys that I was like, "Man, he must pull in all the girls." Was um, <laughs> George Michael from Wham. I was like, look at all the hot models he has. Uh-huh. I remember Judas. And you were right. Judas <laughs> Priest was all rock and roll, dude's dude. And then Rob Halford came out at a gay pride parade, and I had no idea. And I remember all the jocks in high school. The thing to do on the senior assembly was uh, air band. So there's a competition where you would dress up like a famous band. And I did George Michael and all the big jocks did um judas priest and i know they would have just been mortified because those were the guys that were playing smear the queer and calling people the the f word and saying Mm -hmm. oh that's gay you know all the time 
and their hero was gay. And I look back at it, and there's all kinds of different things, whether it be Liberace or Rock Hudson or I don't know how long you've been here, Eve, but J.P. Patches and Gertrude. Gertrude was mm. a cross-dressing clown with a beard in a woman's dress on early TV. But nobody put two and two together and, and said, hey, <laughs> <laughs> this guy is not a full, uh, full heterosexual man on TV. I remember mm-hmm. when uh, Eartha Kitt and Batman, they uh, sat on the bed on other ends, and it was really controversial because mm-hmm. it shows uh-huh. some type of sexuality. Black man and Mr. Rogers, uh, I think it was a policeman. Postman. Postman, that's right. Put their bare feet in a pool. You know, to show mm-hmm. that. Oh, you know, right. Yes, it, yes, it, that episode. Yeah. It was okay to mix black and white in the water. You know, there's little subtle hints as a kid that, that showed me. Um, Ricky Martin, I was like, living the Viva Loca. You know, this guy. Well, if that doesn't do- mean gay, I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know, he'd come out with all this heterosexuality uh-huh. in his videos. Yeah, that's, that's how they, you know, it's like you're, you think about the studios who want to make their money. And, he and he's got. Forever. Yeah, it's just almost like they kind of, you know, kind of put you in the closet. You still have agents getting back to the Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. being gay and tell you, well, don't, don't come out as gay. Come out as bisexual. Eric Roberts, you know, too. Sorry, yeah. I just dropped that in, but I had Dr- no idea. Go ahead. Drop in another name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was Hope of Greenwich Village is still my favorite movie of all time. And I loved him in that movie. And I thought he was a man's man for sure. And no. Well, yes, well, he's a man's man. Go, <laughs> He'll know. be a man's man. You know, <laughs> like, what, what, does, what do these right. things mean? You know, right. Exactly. What, you know, the things that we say, you know, you have to remember that for the longest time, you could engage in what we would call um, gay behavior, but as long as you were the one pitching instead of catching, you weren't gay. Yeah. You know, and that is you know enshrined in the book on the road. You know, where Neil Cassidy, you know, they they pick up somebody that you know. Excuse me, this isn't to me an offensive word, but you know, um, Jack Kerouac, who was in fact kind of gay. You know, at least by, you know, Marlon refer- Brando gay. Um, you know, we first, you know, they they pick up, you know, the the two main characters pick give a ride to somebody they only define as the faggot, the faggot and his girlfriend, and the faggot has relations with you know, Dean Moriarty, and mm, you know, Law and Order fame. No. <laughs> no, that's not Dean Moriarty. Dean Moriarty is the character in um, On the Road. Oh, okay. And um, that wasn't seen as, you know, the faggot was the gay one. Dean Moriarty was not seen as the gay one. Because he was pitching, not catching. Right. Now... Uh, you know, he was having oral sex performed on him as opposed to doing oral sex, you know, the other way. So that, you know, you know, to a lot of cultures still, that still holds. Even if you go out looking for somebody who will give you oral sex and you want it to be a guy, that, you know, in a lot of cultures, that means that you were with a gay person, but you yourself are not. That's a lie you're telling yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that this is 
something we have to understand that, you know, how we define gay, how we define anything is really just of the moment. So to define it right now, you can be a pitcher, catcher, or both. Yeah. It's universal. You're gay. There's no one way or the other. Right. Derek? It's hard. I don't know. I've, I gotta get out more. I don't want to. It's, also, it's no. also limiting yourself. You know, you just never know. Some people are questioning. That's why we have the queue, and, and you know, they're still trying to figure it out. Like they're, you know, they have the same questions that I actually had when I was a kid. And I'm like, well, what am I? You know, it's you know, people. I didn't have the people to explain it to me, and I didn't grow up with any gay role models in my family to really show me the way. So it's almost a lot of guessing, guessing around. Okay, that would make Did me you gay. Have role models like that in your school or in your instructors or not in instructors i think we just we had that like couple gay kids on campus but we kind of knew the the life that they would have because they were out and it was very tough for them even though we lived in the will and grace era the original series when it came out and you know it was like it's you know they would still ostracize they would still be picked on there were still gay jokes just directed towards them taking all the heat so it, there's a lot of that and so i i don't know i just i just listen how do you feel <laughs> the re- how do you feel the reception of your lifestyles are received here on Bainbridge Island do you ever have any problems i haven't had any problems it's it's different, you know, because there's still I'm still, you know, I feel like there's always a filter I'm putting up. You know, it's like I my partner is 20 years difference for me. So it's always, you know, that like, you know, what kind of image are we presenting to the community? It's going to be like, you know, uh, I have this joke. Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to share it. Please. But when we were moving in, in Los Angeles, we were uh, changing homes and the movers who weren't so great. But they were moving all our stuff, and they go into the master bedroom, and they're like, where do you want your dad's stuff? Where do you want your stuff? <laughs> and I was like, it's like, we lost mom in a tragic accident. Can you put him in the master bedroom, please? Like, that's where we – it's, it's, cope, it's helping us cope with her loss. <laughs> and they, it just threw them off. They're like, oh, my God. That's really. funny. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's just like, you know, you love who you love. It's um, – and you are who you are. You yeah, are you, who are you are who you are. And it's 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 also, you know, it's like what we're presenting. So a lot of people are like, oh, okay, so you've got daddy issues. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't have daddy issues. Do you feel you're constantly presenting or you're just being yourself? Uh, sometimes I am. You know, it's like with my neighbors, there's like two aspects. Like I love my neighbors. I love Bainbridge Island. But there's always, you know, it's like I was walking my dogs and people automatically assume that I'm a dog walker. Which is I'm brown. <laughs> like, great I'm brown and like I'm brown on the island and we you know, we live in a nice little area and so they got, but now but now they know me, but it's just like you know it's, it's Bob. Yeah. Brown on Bainbridge. <laughs> there you go. I'm Bob. <laughs> and I'm the sixth Latino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the one percenters. <laughs> but uh yeah, I I think it's just you know, I'm only speaking for our relationship, but it's just it's always I'm not like a, a, a PDA type of, you know, so we're kind of, mm. you know, even dropping them off on the to the ferry, you know, it's just a little like, oh my god, like who saw? I'm like, why is the son kissing him in that way? And, you know, so it's mm. it's uh, there's a lot of that. You know? Probably a lot of people saying my Uber driver doesn't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't get the name of your Uber driver. <laughs> I, sidebar: I had someone open my, the the car door, and they were like, they thought I was Uber. Right, and I was like, "No, I, I was like, no, white man, get out of my car! Like, what are you doing? Like, I feel really uncomfortable. Like, oh, you're not Uber? 
Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> do you have any? Um, do people identify you as white at all? Uh, my family. <laughs> I think they 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 think I'm a little too steamed and bleached. What is your descent? Yeah. Colombian? Uh, no, no, no. Um, my mom is Salvadorian and my dad was Mexican, so we're Central American, and I was born here. Mexico is North America. It is. <laughs> oh no! I hear they got a really great wall. <laughs> I want to, oh, you know, I, and I just want to go back just for a step. Yeah, please. Because I, you know, I want to make sure that something was clear. People, you know, as, as to what makes you gay or not gay, you know, you know what you're doing or whatever. There's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of you might find you're bisexual. You know, yeah. I, I just want to make that really clear that you know there's not just one way to be. And if you tried playing for the other team and didn't like it, that doesn't mean you're always going to be associated yeah. with that team, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know, I just wanted to clear that out because sexuality is not a bad thing, right? No. 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 I think kids should grow up not fearful of it, but you know, expressing it in a healthy way, whenever possible. So now, now let's go back and talk about more about you. No, that that was it. That was, I think that was overshare. <laughs> but but I, I I think that's you know I'm representing both. It's like um, I feel more connected to the LGBT community. I am Latino, but it's like I I think yeah. So it's, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. You left off IA. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. we I, I just go LGBT plus. You know, you know, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, and Can we the say queer community, LGBT, LGBTQ. You know, the queer community. Is that offensive know, to anyone? If I say uh, the queer community, well, it, but, yeah, I'm not offended. But you know, we live in America. Somebody will be offended. We live right. in Bainbridge Island. Two so, people. Two people offended. will be offended for sure. They're going to get really upset about this. It was like, oh. Um, so being trans doesn't mean you're necessarily gay, right? Well, you see, when you get to be trans, uh, the word gay stops meaning what other people think it means. Enlighten me. Okay. <laughs> two, couples Sorry, that I, two couples that I know, all right? <laughs> two couples that, that I know. Um, one of which, um, one person transitioned from being male to being female. They had been married. They are still married. They are still a most wonderful couple. You ask the woman who had been the only wife in the marriage if she is lesbian now, and she'll say, "No, I just happen to be with the, you know in love with the person I've always been in love with." That's beautiful. You know, so she is a great resource to me and and to the whole community. She's up in Port Townsend, also up there. Um, another couple where the person, um, where one of the people transitioned from, um, female to male, has got a wonderful beard, you know, calls themselves, uh, himself, you know, transmasculine. His, I think wife, maybe just partner, I you know, I shouldn't say just partner, maybe partner, but the two of them, you know, she considers herself lesbian. And, you know, there is no doubt in her mind she is lesbian and that she is with, you know, this other lesbian, as far as she's concerned, who is identified as male. So are they queer? I mean, are they gay? You know, it gets really complicated because all of a sudden we're talking particle physics. We're talking quantum mechanics. We are talking matters that say, okay, 
what do we really mean by gay? Why are we, you know, because it really comes down to two people of whatever construction or reconstruction who want to be together. I'm enlightened, but yet still confused. <laughs> well, if you're it, not confused, you're not paying attention. I feel like, like, you know, future generations won't have this issue. Like, we'll all die out, and then there'll be, it's not even a question. It's more like, you know, you love, you're in this relationship, and they're not yeah. going to, you know, that's what I hope. <laughs> well, know, like, I, I hope this. that somebody listens to this conversation and becomes enlightened yeah. and has this conversation with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can explain quantum mechanics to yourself— Great. Most of us, you know, think we get some of it, but we're just really confused by it. And to me, uh, we we you know, as as trans people in particular, end up getting a lot of questions about medical questions. We get a lot of legal questions. We have a lot of social questions, and you know, but what we experience really are a lot of metaphysical questions, a lot of ph- philosophical questions. You know, that don't really have an answer, you know, that it really does come off as something like, okay, two, you know, 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 what do they call the connected quantum particles? You know, 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 I'm drawing a blank, Eve. But, you know. I failed this class. (laughs) So don't even ask me. We we are dealing things on, on a really different level. And so that if somebody says, are you gay? And I will say, well, see, I identify as a woman. I'm probably more likely to, you know, prefer having, you know, know, spending time with a woman if that, you know, ever showed up again in my life. Does that make me gay or not? I think that would make you lesbian, trans-les, I don't know. Okay, now let's take, you know, back another step. Not all trans Women have had genital surgery. Mm. So now does, you know, the fact that a trans person has a dick now make that a straight relationship? Uh, I'm going to go with, yeah. Okay. Well, you see, if you can define it by just what the genitalia is, that's fine. But legally, I, what does it look like? And and it's not even legally what it looks like. It's like, how do the people in the relationship experience themselves? And they may experience themselves as actually being in a, hetero, a gay relationship, even though, to your mind, they're not. Mm-hmm. So this is where we get in trouble labeling people in general. Uh-huh. We want to put all these labels and just add... IA to the long ass acronym that just keeps growing and growing and growing. Uh huh. And those are labels, right? But the other side of the coin, we're like, don't label me. I am who I am and I mm-hmm. love who I want to love. So we're going to get in tricky water. We're getting in tricky things. So, so diff- let's, let's look at why there is that exceptional list of letters. And, and you can really take it, you know, 12 letters down, you know, if you want, because people keep saying that what about me what about me Mm -hmm. what these letters really do is say that our queer community is a welcoming community and if there's something about you that you think you all think that the rest of the world thinks of as queer you're with us perfect yeah and that's what those extra letters are there for that you know letting those people know we welcome them okay all inclusive 
I see you got the proclamation in front of you there, Derek. I do. I'm using it right now as a place map, but this one's laminated. Don't worry. I like <laughs> so, it. You so, want to yeah. you want to um, do me a favor and read that pro- proclamation before I it will. even comes out? Yeah. So this is uh, this was last year's, and I'm pretty sure this year we'll read the same. So this is hold on, hold on. What do you mean last year's? I thought this year was the first year that they were. Well, this the is at least the third. This is. I think it's the fifth. So when fourth, we when we fourth. proclaim this month and day and what are we what are we proclaiming you're pretty much saying that the city recognizes the month of june so once we've said that why doesn't that carry on for all future it's a good question that's a good um, question. It's just but you need reminders like that i think you need you need constant reminders because you know your city council could change could not be on the top of their agenda it's something that, like, you know, as citizens, you can say they proclaim this as that, but it's just, you know, it's a constant reminder telling people and reminding them that, yes, we are recognizing your community within our community, and this is what we're going to do for you. And this is, you know, June is the gay 4th of July. You know, <laughs> they should have made it May because it, it rhymes. May and gay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, yeah. Well, you know, you have to go back in time and have the people at Stonewall say, well, well can't you do this a month earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read it. So, proclamation by the mayor of the city of Bainbridge Island, Washington, declaring June 2018 as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and questioning LGBT Pride Month. Whereas our nation was founded upon the declaration that all people are created equal, the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are among the inalienable rights of every person and that each person shall be accorded the equal protection of the law. And whereas the LGBTQ community has made great strides forward, but equality, inclusion, and acceptance have not been fully achieved. We must practice these values and teach them to future generations, and whereas one of the guiding principles of the city of Bainbridge Island is to foster the diversity of the residents of the island, and whereas Bainbridge Pride was founded in June 2015, woohoo, that's us, at the time of the first Pride (laughs) proclamation by the city of Bainbridge Island, and Bainbridge Pride continues to bring together the diverse LGBT residents of the city for fellowship and support, and whereas June 28, 1969, patrons of the Stonewall Inn in New York City rose up and resisted police harassment that had become all too common for members of the LGBTQ community. Out of this resistance, uh, the LGBT rights movement in America was born. During the LGBT Pride Month, we commemorate the events of June 1969 and commit to achieving equal justice under law for LGBTQ Americans. Now, therefore, I, Cole Medina, mayor of the city of Bainbridge Island, on behalf of the council, do hereby proclaim June 2018 as LGBTQ Pride Month in the city of Bainbridge Island, and we encourage all residents to celebrate the progress within our culture towards justice, equality, and full civic recognition for LGBTQ persons and to join us in the fights that remain to be won. Date signed on June 12, 2018. This year they're doing it earlier, so they were kind of prepping the city, you know, like May 28th, take out your flag. I believe the city has actually bought their own pride flag, which is very exciting. So really good things, you know, come coming in June. And we've got our June 1st event, too, if I can actually plug that in, yeah, called plug Stonewall in. to plug Bainbridge. Yeah, Stonewall to Bainbridge is a seminar, that, our first seminar that our organization is doing. Now, our organization is 
brand spanking new and being filed. We've been actually going since 2015. Uh, now we're officially organized as a nonprofit charitable LGBT organization on the island, and we want to bring more programs like this uh, in the future. But this is actually our first. We've got uh, uh, about six to seven panelists that are you know LGBT leaders coming in to mm-hmm. speak about five decades of you know. Uh, of just everything. So we're, we're going to be talking about what Stonewall means to them. We're going to be talking about the disco era. We're going to be talking about, you know, don't ask, don't tell, the AIDS crisis, trans rights, trans issues. And so we're going to, they're going to basically be bringing their stories and uh, enriching our attendees. So I know you have Drew Griffin speaking. Um, we do. No, we don't. don't? We do. <laughs> yes, we do. We, we, do. Got a, we got a question on Drew, okay? Um, but I, I can tell you who the panelists are. The last, you yes, know, please. Um, and the panelists are Marsha Botzer, who is the founder of the Ingersoll Gender Center in Seattle, which is the longest lasting and you know, largest gender center in the country. We have Monisha Harrell, who is the chair of the Equal Rights Washington Project. We have um, Chris Hermans, who is the you know, was recently until recently the um, executive director of Pride Foundation, and now is a special officer with the Seattle Foundation. We have Phil Bariano, who um, has done exceptional work in AIDS advocacy, ACT UP, and was you know one of the founders you know, of what became the Q Center um, project. Um, we have Lonnie Lusardo, who's also been an AIDS activist and who was um, a founder of the Out in Front um, Leadership Program. And we have Michael Goodnow, who is the um, president of Bainbridge, uh, I'm sorry, of Kitsap Pride, and you know who served in the military during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And we also have Drew Griffin, part of PFLAG Seattle. So, yeah. All right. Are, are <laughs> you guys the co-founders of Bainbridge Pride? Uh, I am. Yeah. He's a founder. Yeah. We've got about three or four founders. That's, I, that's actually how it started. Um, now you're legit. Uh, now we are legit. Now we are authentic. We are registered. So we are a nonprofit. And if people want to uh, learn more about your organization, where would they find that? They online? can go to our website. So we've got BainbridgePride.com. They can actually also go to our Facebook. Our Facebook is uh, actually updated uh, more frequently than our website, but we've got the website, and they can just type in Bainbridge Pride and find our page where they can hear all about our our events and whatnot. And and where do they go to find tickets for the um, Stonewall to Bainbridge? That is a very good question. So you can also go to Brown Paper Tickets. The admission is free. So we are bringing this great panel to you guys just for free. At BIMA, right? At BIMA, yes. BIMA on June 1st from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. I'm really impressed with what BIMA is doing nowadays. They are wonderful. Yeah. They've, you know, they've been very supportive. They've helped um, us put on the Transgender Day of Remembrance in November for the past two years. Um, I was able to participate in their production, you know, in their reading of the Vagina Monologues in um, either late February or early March. They um, have, you know, they introduced me to a trans artist in in, in Seattle, um, Jono Vaughn, who you know makes special dresses, you know, for the um, that are related to trans people who have been murdered, 
and they they were able to bring the you know these dresses over so that we could wear them and um yeah they've been incredibly supportive and you know I want to thank all the people there you know from Greg Robinson on down you know just you know I cannot come up with all their names but you know Bima has been exceptional up and down the line yeah black history month recently um supporting yeah. indie theater yeah uh, the art gallery shows are awesome just all around a really good venue so shout right. out to improve your food though <laughs> no, wait a second. Wait a second. I've I've had great, great. You know, you know, my idea for you know when my daughter is getting married in uh, September, I would like my sister-in-law to come over here and have breakfast at you know the bistro because I really like it. Awesome. Well, it's good. You know, each his own. Everyone's different, and uh, <laughs> I'm glad you like their food. <laughs> I do, and I and, you know I you know I, I know the people who make their food, so yeah. <laughs> Damn, there I go throwing out opinions again that I shouldn't have. <laughs> I haven't eaten there, so if it helps, I, I don't know. So Derek will be our you know, test case. We're going to send Derek here mm-hmm. to there. He'll have a whole other wing of the bystander, the culinary corner. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we want an opinion on, you know, order the special and, and you'll do good. Right on, right on. Anything else going on up, coming up for you, Eve? Um, we have... A, we are so we have our own Bainbridge Pride Festival yes. on the twenty third of June um, at Waterfront Park, and you know which will be again attendance is free. Just come on down there. We're going to be music. There's you know you know there's dancing if you want to dance. Local vendors. We've Local got vendors. Oh, we will have a variety. So it's, we have, you know, the same enthusiasm from actually even more enthusiasm from last year. So we're getting local vendors that really want to participate this year. And it's just great. It's a good feeling to know that people are waiting for our parasols. Last year, we were going around to businesses and just kind of taking pictures and, you know, kind of doing that throughout all of June. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to return to businesses that are our local vendors, food vendors, and we're going to just really, you know, give them like the social boost and just, you know, get people out there. Uh-huh. And have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And this Support. is really, you know, we are really oriented towards families because um, we're in Bainbridge Island. And, and you know, the major industry on Bainbridge Island is families. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, um, I mean, that's what our schools are about. You know, that that's why our schools mm-hmm. are exceptional. Is that people really care about things here? And so this isn't you know passionate place. You know, people were surprised. Place. People were surprised last year. They were like, you know, we we saw kids um, taking all of our inflatables and just you know throwing them around, having just kind of a field day with with just you know being there. We've got like you know local artists that like you know they've got their own followings, and you know. Some, most of them are not gay, but they just, you know, they really are true supporters of our community and our growing organization. So, you know, and, yeah. You know, it's one of the things about our festival is that it's a, it's what, it's our gift to the island. Not, not, you know, we're celebrating ourselves. We are here to say, look, we're here. Have fun with us. Yeah. We're putting this on. This is a gift to you. This is not you know, an obligation. Mm-hmm. This is not okay. You know, I've got to tell my gay friends about this because they have to go down there. No, you have no, to go down yeah, there, right? And you're not pushing an agenda. You're just putting out a celebration. Oh, we're putting out a celebration. We're putting out music, and you know, hopefully a good time. And and as Derek has promised us, good weather. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that gets so stressful. Just paying attention to the weather. You're like, oh, it's changed. And then the next <laughs> day you look at it and you're like, it's changed again. So, yeah. But, but you know, but again, if, if people can, you know, our view, my view at least, is that this is a gift to the community that supports us. Yeah, it's a labor of love. Like we are all volunteers. Like most organizations are run by volunteers. We I, I don't get paid. <laughs> Sorry, Eve, you don't get paid. <laughs> Nobody gets paid, but we're we're all doing this, and we're, you know, we all want to. On the day of, we are all working, and mm-hmm. we're still having some fun. But it's like it's not a celebration for you know us. It's like we're there just kind of monitoring everything. You know, it's it's fun seeing. Um, I had last year people pulled pulled me aside and they're like oh you were part of the Bainbridge Pride that was that was a lot of fun I brought you know I I didn't know that this was happening but I just dropped by and I had some food and I had all this and it's just like it was a nice hangout place thank you guys most events rewarding yeah most most events that happen on the island not that I want to rag on them but like they're just not as heavily marketed we basically want to show that there are these you know uh Vendors who are supporting our cause that are saying, yes, we respect you. We know that you exist in this island, you know? Well, you got an upper hand on marketing with being a filmmaker and a great photographer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it helps. It helps What's that, that I kind of do all that. So. <laughs> Off on another little topic before we bounce out of here. Um, what's going on with you now? I know you're at the BPA. Um, they you, picked, yeah. Oh. You were acting for a while. Um you definitely making movies back in the day. Um, California kid, for sure. Yep. Jaded with the cigarette <laughs> in my mouth right now. Yeah. <sighs> no, um, no. What are your intentions? The screens got small. <laughs> it was the fame. The fame made me like, leave it all. What are your intentions with your career right now? Uh, right now, I'm just mostly focused. Like right now, it's like all I can think about is pride. So that is just my main thing. Uh, doing more public service. I've kind of just stopped acting for now. And now I just I do BPA's photography, which is fun. We're I'm actually their visual coordinator, so it's just coming up with like, you know, how can we best brand the plays and the musicals that they're they're putting out there. We've got some really fun stuff like as you uh, as you like it, and then uh, Rocky Horror in the fall. So that'll be fun in October. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know it's just something for me to do that's not on stage. I miss it though. I miss the stage. When was the last time you acted? Oh my God! Uh, this show. I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Usually not that quick. Um, when was the last time? I don't remember. It, it, it'll come to me like when I'm in the car and I'm like, God damn. Were you in Ovation for a while? I haven't actually. You know, I've not auditioned for Ovation yet. So it really depends, like what I'm doing. Like right now, I, I haven't been able to audition just because of Bainbridge Pride is just you know. That's my priority. Yeah, it's consuming my time. And also, I love BPA. So it's just, you know, really close by for me and um, just stuff that's closer. But no, I haven't auditioned for for Ovation. They send all your um, photos my way for press and stuff. Oh, they do? Yeah, so I see them often. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're all over the place. They've got, you know, a good marketing arm where I see it, like, on the Bainbridge Review. I'm like, okay. Yeah, (laughs) it's It's a small island, too, so... I, I got to pick and choose what I dabble in, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to copy BCB or or the Review or any of those other media outlets. See, um, yeah, no, yeah. I, we 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 try to like bring a variety of visuals so that people are not seeing the same thing over and over again, and it's being churned, and it's 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 fun coming up with that. But well, Eve, Derek, I wish you all the best with uh, Bainbridge Pride Month and your event. Thank you. 
I really appreciate you coming in and educating me a little bit more than I was prior to you guys walking into Studio 15 and, here today. And I'm going to just do a quick plug for the Please. next day of, you know, on Sunday, June 2nd um, at 11 Winery. At the winery is a sip and support um, event for Kitsap Pride. And some of the money that was raised there will be used for a, what I hope will be a common um, a collaborative effort to make um, to bring the Transgender Day of Remembrance to BEMA again in November. Okay. Podcastville, I'll put some links in the um, story details of this podcast so you can be in contact with these events coming up. Once again, thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Timothy. Yeah. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind. <laughs>